So I was thinking the other day, some of the things that I truly miss from my childhood. One is honesty. One is justice. The other journalism, and I'm sure there are a few more. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And greetings from Florida. This is the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Before I get started and mention what's on my mind, those things that I kind of miss from my younger years, not maybe so much my childhood on everything, but, but overall, a lot of things have eroded over the past decades. And personally, I find it extremely troubling, the world we live in today. It's been a busy time. We had the wonderful opportunity, as I mentioned earlier this week, of being on the West Coast, or actually not far from the West Coast of Florida, where I was the officiant of the wedding of my daughter. And I was proud to be there for that occasion. And a lot of work getting ready for expanding some shortwave opportunity. A lot of things going on in the background. Now, before I forget, I know a number of you listen to this, this program as a podcast, and currently it is on three basic locations. It does distribute beyond that, but there are three basic places that I've been sending the podcast to. One, one is Anchor FM, which also comes up as Spotify and other locations. And, and for a number of years, I have been using Spreaker, that's speaker but with an extra r in it's spreaker and one of my regular listeners let me know the other day something that i found very troubling and it's something to which i have no control even though i pay to be on spreaker they are allowed to add a commercial oftentimes right before you hear the podcast And I was extremely troubled to learn of the content of one of the commercials, which is totally not in keeping with this program. And I I have to make a change. So I think when we get to the end of this month of June, somewhere around there, we're going to terminate the relationship with Spreaker because of advertising whose content I just cannot abide. And and I think it gives the program a bad reflection. So you can look for it on a couple of different places. And one place that we just recently added is called Edify. And you can look up Edify Podcast. And it is a Christian podcasting site. They accepted this program. I'm thrilled about that. I was a little concerned because sometimes we, we deal with some pretty strong issues. And if some Christian sites may be a little bit uh, hesitant But they reviewed the program and accepted it. And so you can sign up at Edify. You can even get a free app for your phone from Edify, a Christian organization. And normally sometime in the afternoon, it updates, and you'll be notified that there's a new podcast available. Generally, we try to have it released at anchor around noon or so. And they pick up a couple of hours later, and they will notify you that the new podcast is ready to be heard at Edify. So it's another opportunity. We will drop Spreaker. We will continue on with Edify for the time being, unless we can come up with some even more efficient and better way to do this as a podcast. But that was disturbing to get that bit of news 
about uh, a commercial that really was not in keeping with this program. So it needed to be, it's going to need to be done, but I don't want to just pull the plug in one day without warning. So from now to the end of the month, I'll be reminding you to look for us at Anchor, look for us at Edify, and later this week, maybe this weekend, I will update the website to to give you some links of how to find the podcast elsewhere. I really haven't had any issues with Anchor, so we're going to hold on there as long as we can. They've been very good, and they don't normally put in any kind of a commercial announcement that I'm aware of that has been in any kind of a conflict with this program. So just so you know that, it's something we're going to have to do. A couple of other reminders. Um, During our travels, we're still using our Georgia mailing address for the program. I have somebody that is periodically checking our secure box and forwarding all mail to wherever we are at the time here in Florida. We're just not certain exactly when we're getting back. It could be in early July. It could be a little later. That's why it was hard to do. I didn't want to do forwarding with the U.S. Postal Service. They could be very slow. This actually will turn out to be a wee bit faster. And I want to thank you for your support. Also, trying to get a handle on those that may be listening to this program now on satellite, on free-to-air satellite. We have a Truth to Ponder radio channel. It features music, and it features this program. And I'm a little bit, I mean, I've used free-to-air satellite in the past. I haven't in recent years. It, it seems to show up as a couple of different channel numbers, depending upon how your system is set up, which makes it a little bit awkward. Uh, if your Glory Star system is supposedly thoroughly updated, it should show up as channel 1000, I think the first channel. It also has been showing up as channel 2040 and 2048 that I that I know of. Uh, just kind of go, there's not that many channels. It's not really a thousand channels. It's just uh, they skip a lot of numbers along the way. And look forward, it'll say Truth to Ponder. Truth to Ponder. It's on Galaxy 19. Either you can use the Glory Star system or any free-to-air that'll pick up the KU band of Galaxy 19, which is at 97 degrees west. Small dish, little three-footer, will pick it up. There's a lot of Christian television and other radio programs available. Uh, Some, I think, are very good, and you'll be able to enjoy them as well. So if you have free-to-air satellite, please, if you have the chance, look for us there. So I just wanted to let you know a lot of things going on in the background, and and we're going to assess to see how well that works over the next two months and trying to assess which frequencies people are listening to us on on shortwave. I know that I know the 5950 airs a couple of times a day with the exception of Wednesday. We do not have the 10 o'clock in the evening Eastern time broadcast on WRMI. I wish I did. But we're looking at other options as well, other directions to get the program out to the public. So just a lot lot to keep in mind. And I would, if you listen on shortwave, if you have the access to email, let me know that you're listening to WRMI and what time, what frequency. And it's a great help as I try to decide where to put the resources that we have 
And, and I really need to know if people are listening to us on KVOH at 9975 kilohertz. And that's at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. I've heard from a few. But I need to know that the monthly investment there is, is truly what we need to be doing. I just want to be a good steward of the limited resources that we have to work with each month. And I don't want to be spending it where it's not being useful and not being helpful. So just letting me know that you listen means the world. If you'd rather send a, oh, I don't know, postcard, letter, whatever, you can use our Georgia mailing address, which is 21, that's 2121 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, and we are in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537, that zip code again, 30537. We'll give it to you again uh, later in, in the program today. Thinking about all the things that I, I kind of miss. And maybe I was a bit spoiled in the family in which I was raised, the kind of schooling environment I attended, especially in my younger years through middle school, as they call it now, junior high, back in my day, up through like the, you know, the eighth grade. The idea of honesty and integrity was something that was just a part of who I was. We didn't, we didn't mislead people. Uh, you could depend on somebody's word as your friend, as a family member, as somebody in the school in which I attended from a teacher. You didn't ever feel in a bad position with any of them. There was integrity and there was honesty. And, and I truly miss integrity and honesty more than you'll ever know. I mean, sorry, but we don't seem to have a whole lot of it today. I also, I also am very concerned about justice in America. Justice. I am becoming very deeply concerned about the state of our court system at the federal level, state level in many places, and even you know at the local level, so to speak. It seems that we have devolved over the decades from a justice system to a just a simply a legal system. It's all about follow the money. Money is one of the big uh, determining factors today in what I call our legal system. Justice is not the most important thing. And my erosion about my belief about our court system being fair, being having integrity, doing the right thing, following the law, has been decimated over the past 30 years. I can remember a little over 30 years ago. I worked for a Christian college, but I also assisted and helped out a few secular radio stations that I knew around South Carolina and Georgia, sometimes engineering and, and other things. And I was asked to if I would participate in what was called a candidate's debate to help be one of the people asking questions of all kind of local candidates in a county in South Carolina. I'll just leave it at that. If you know me well, you know where I've worked at over the years there. If you don't, I don't want to get into uh, names or anything else. And they had a nice studio set up, and uh, during one of the breaks, we some of us got out of the studio and and, you know, stepped outside in the lobby or stepped outside of the building just to get away from all the people. 
And I had, I had the sad uh, time of overhearing a conversation. A conversation, I'm certain, that the two people involved, and they were not being funny. The more I've thought about it over the years and, and thought about what I saw thereafter in the light of what I'm going to tell you, it will make sense. And to a lot of you out there that may share some of my feelings about our judicial system, which is now just a, a for-sale legal system in too many places, this guy was the incumbent, what they call your prosecutor, your, your, your DA, your solicitor, whatever you call it, wherever you live. And he's talking to one of his good buddies. And they're kind of talking about judges and cases and stuff. And, and this one guy, they, they got talking, and the, the incumbent guy goes, look, I really don't care about the guilt or innocence anymore of these people. Most are probably guilty. I just don't care. I just, I just worry more about my, my win and loss record. He said, you know, when so-and-so judge retires, I'd like to you know, take his place and be able to be appointed. And I'm thinking, what does that tell you about our judicial system when it's a matter of I want a better job and a better paycheck and more benefits. And, and I, really, I really don't care about the clientele anymore because, you know, most people that get arrested, eh, they're probably guilty anyway. I don't care about their guilt or innocence. I just need a win and loss record or a good, uh, shall we say, what they call a, uh, a plea deal. That county became very very famous about a decade or so later with the next solicitor that actually got in office who I don't think ever really tried a case. It was all plea deals. And, and the, way, the way this individual did it, in my opinion, and look, I know a lot of the people that get arrested. It's legit. I get it. I understand that. I have a great respect for the most part for most law enforcement people that I've ever met, worked with, or known. But I don't trust those when you get to the court system. It, it, it is a very shoddy system. It is a very corrupt system that needs a lot of overhaul and a lot of changes done in our country. I don't think the founding fathers ever had the idea that we would deteriorate into this legal system. And so a prosecutor can go to somebody and say, here's the deal. Uh, take one year in jail and probation, and we won't go to trial where I'm gonna, where I would try to get 10 or 20 years. And, and understand, if you have somebody that is not wealthy, that cannot afford good representation, and I will tell you from firsthand knowledge, not that I was ever the accused in this case, but just from people that I have known, and I knew the public defender who had a, uh, let's, say, let's say, an issue with alcohol and was woefully unprepared. How many people have taken a plea deal because they couldn't afford good representation and the state had unlimited resources to bury you? I, I really am troubled by that. And it's, it's the same at the federal court level. It's all political nowadays. You know, you, you don't get justice anymore. It's not right or wrong. It's procedural matters. Look at the election lawsuits. Not a one was ever tossed out on the merits. It was tossed out on procedural issues, or we don't want to hear it. 
That's not justice. That is a corrupt, evil legal system. How do we survive with a corrupt legal system? How can we ever have integrity any longer? I can go on and on, but it's one of the things that I I was led to believe in my childhood that we have a wonderful American justice system that's not like, oh, I don't know, the Soviet Union, as we were told back in the day, or what happened in World War II Germany or Stalin, that we had a system that was, you know, truth, justice in the American way, and it's a fraud. In too many places, it's an absolute fraud. The fact that our Supreme Court of the United States, when states had an issue about an election, refused to hear it, tells me there is corruption all the way into our Supreme Court. And I pray that we'll find some way to deal with that in the years ahead, because we really have no choice. We as a country cannot survive if we continue with our corrupted legal system. Then journalism, something that I once truly believed in many years ago. Many years ago, in my younger years in radio, I kind of bounced back and forth, depending upon the radio station being an on-the-air announcer, but in a few places, I got deeply involved in doing news. I can remember covering stories, fires, disasters, even trials, way, way back when. And one of the things in every radio station I worked at back in those days, station owners, there were no very, there were very few group owners back in those days. Most radio stations were owned by individuals or companies. They only had a handful of stations or just one station. They lived in a community. And so honesty and integrity were vital because if you ever lost that in a town or a community, your reputation was shot and it would destroy the station. Even when I was in college learning how to do, quote, journalism, at least back in those days, journalism today is indoctrination, not journalism. It's about an agenda today, not about the truth. It's about ratings, not about information. It's all changed terribly in my lifetime. There was a time I could believe I could look at the New York Times and and believe the story. There was a time that a newspaper like the Washington Post, you could believe the story. Those days are long gone. Those newspapers are like Pravda in Russia back in the 1950s. It's the news they want you to believe. It is a narrative, not not a list of facts and information. Carefully edited, carefully screened, carefully worded to make you believe a lie. We've lost journalistic integrity. The big networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, they've been gone in terms of real news for a long, long time. They always have to cloud everything in a political narrative. Everything from the pandemic to politics, it's all political nowadays. 
even in how they report certain stories. It's all political. And so what is called the fourth estate, the news, this is what the founding fathers had prayed for in the United States. And you once had it in Canada and the United Kingdom and elsewhere. Actually, I think some countries like even in Australia or Sky News do a better job than anything in the United States does today. Though the BBC is no better than an NBC in the United States. They're corrupt. They have a political narrative. They have an agenda to force feed you. We don't have truth being honored any longer. Just a narrative. I I ran across a little clip the other day, and and it kind of gave me a laugh. It featured Lester Holt. Lester Holt is a correspondent for NBC News. And when Kamala Harris was down in uh, Latin America, he had a chance to have a little sit-down interview, and it and it was kind of like he was grasping to hang on to a little tiny amount of, of some journalistic integrity that he had long given away in that interview. And he asked Kamala Harris a question. She answered. He made a statement. She lied. At least he asked the question. That's why I'm saying he's kind of grasping at straws to save a tiny amount of his former journalistic integrity. Listen for just a second to this uh, little audio clip. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. Well, I never been to Spain. I kind of like the music. I I don't don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I I, I mentioned it because I I know Republicans have certainly come at you on this, but Democratic Congressman Cuellar has a border district has said to you and the president, come. You need to see this. Listen, I care about what's happening at the border. Holy schizophrenia. I can assure you that the only thing Kamala Harris cares about in regards to the United States southern border is how it influences or impacts her political career and aspirations. Honestly, I think that people who live in her world have so detached themselves from the the regular American population, they simply don't care. They believe that they are destined by the universe to be a ruler, a leader, someone that knows more than you, someone that should be honored, respected, and almost worshipped. What was it? When she was on her way down there, they even had cookies on Air Force Two that looked like her. These people have long forgotten that they are employees of the people And they're put there by those that vote. Now, in this case, I still am not believing that it was a fair and honest election. I don't care what the New York Times says. I don't even care what some Republicans like Brian Kemp said in Georgia. I really don't. A lot of rhinos don't want to take the responsibility that they screwed up an election. Because, see, if they admit there was voter fraud, 
And remember, Kemp was the governor at the time, and and Raffsenberger was the Secretary of State, and they allowed all kinds of unprecedented things to, to occur in last year's election. Well, then it ruins their, their reputation. And getting back to Kamala Harris, he only cares about her reputation. And once again, to show you that journalism has gone downhill they spend more time trying to cover for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So, but occasionally they got to throw a little bit of a hard question, which is what just happened, what you just heard. But where's the follow-up? Where's the real follow-up that uh, Miss Vice President, you just lied to the American people. You just said you've been to the border, but you have not been to the border. And he tries to blame the Republicans. You know, some Republicans are, are asking, trying to give her a way to weasel out of it. The integrity of the United States border should not be a partisan issue at all. Period. Not a bit. Just like if you have a lock on the back door of your house, it doesn't mean anybody can break down the door to your house and just come in without permission. And so they try to pretend it's not really happening. They're hoping the media will ignore it. And please, please, Lester Holt, don't ask me a question about the border. And then she goes and it's full tilt. Oh, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. When? When have you been to the border? Five years ago? Ten years ago? Last year? Last month? The question was obvious that since you were put in charge of the border, when have you been to the border? And Kamala Harris refused to answer it because the journalist that asked the question refused to really and fully follow up in that interview and moved on to some more happy talk stuff. Journalism in the United States, for the most part, is dead absolutely dead and gone. And outside of a handful of programs, even on the Fox network, it's dead there too. It's becoming, I've noticed it already, even Newsmax, as it tries to grow bigger and stronger than than ever, instead of being a fringe network, I'm already beginning to see the subtle compromise in the stories in which they write. Yeah, they have a few hosts that'll ask the questions, but in the actual newscast, they're already beginning to do what Fox has been doing for quite a while, getting more and more um, sterile, more and more predictable, trying to be more and more mainstream. And it comes back to what I said at the beginning, just like our justice system, follow the money. Follow the money. you realize that only a handful of companies control 90% of all the media that people in the United States receive. Just a small, tiny group. It's not like it was when I started 40 and 50 years ago when, when a town would have a newspaper or a city would have two or three competing newspapers. 
And there weren't companies that owned 50 or 100 newspapers. There weren't companies that owned 1,000 radio stations or more. There weren't companies that dominated cable news. I mean, you get, just stop and think. You got Disney, you got uh, Viacom, you got a few others. They own it all. They own CNN. You get companies like um, Time Warner. They have CNN. Just a handful of companies control all the news and information you receive. I don't think the Soviet Union had as much control over the media as these corporations do today. And going back, especially now, let's get to the internet stuff. Yeah, let's get to Facebook. Let's get to Twitter. Let's get to search engines. Let's get to YouTube. A few companies control 90% of the content you find there. The big boys, the, you know, the multi-billionaire club, they control what you're allowed to see or hear or believe. And if you go against their narrative, pandemic was great proof of that. If you said any time up until recent months or recent weeks that the uh, virus that causes COVID-19 came from a lab in Wuhan, you were told you were passing along fake news, false information, and your account could be suspended or restricted or even cut off entirely. We no longer have a free press. We have a a press that went for sale a long time ago to the highest bidder. The same is true. Look, Google makes a lot of money and Facebook makes a lot of money selling you out. You want to know why you want to know why Facebook is free? Because they're marketing everything they've learned about you. They sell your information to private companies and guess who their biggest customer is? The government. That's right. The government. How do you think these companies become worth billions of dollars? And now, the real problem we're going to face going into the future with companies like Google in particular, one of the worst defenders, they do several things. They love giving you that free email, that Gmail account. I have a Gmail account. All my junk mail goes to Gmail. And there's a reason. There's no important mail that I get anymore and haven't in years that goes to Gmail. If some company or some organization needs, quote, an email address, I give them my throwaway Gmail account address. It's just full of spam every day. If I have something important to share with you or anybody else, I have other accounts that I use. And if you have a Gmail account, I'm careful in what I say. You want to know why? Because... You gave permission for Google to read every bit of your email. Look at every one of your pictures that you sent. Everything you connect on your Gmail, they know. And they file it away. And that information is for sale. Your buying habits are sold out from underneath you, from Amazon and others. And I understand, look, I use these things, but I understand the dangers of these things. That's where the the truth and integrity and honesty comes into play. 
because Google is not being honest. They're, you think they're your, your best friend, but they try to hide as much about what they're doing as they possibly can. And they also hide behind Section 230 protections so they can be both a platform and a publisher and not able to be sued. Or at least they hope they can't. I want to pick this up in a few minutes. We need to take our break here at the bottom of the hour. Once again, real fast, if you listen on shortwave, let me know what frequencies, what stations, what times. It's really urgent because I need to make some decisions how we continue going forward. If you listen as a podcast, we will probably be deleting Spreaker by the end of the month. Now that I find out they are putting in advertising ahead of the actual podcast that is totally incompatible with this program. I don't want to just pull the plug, but I'm just starting to give you warning. And we'll post ways you can find us on equally as good good of sites. Uh, Through Anchor, you can find us and now edify a Christian podcast site. Keep all that in mind. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Bible's muscle man. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The word is Shimshon. Try it. It's the real name of Samson. Shimshon. Back in the 50s, there was a Hollywood movie about Samson, Samson and Delilah, and Samson was played by Victor Mature because Victor Mature was sort of a muscle man. Now, if the movie were made today, it would go something like this. Are you Samson? That's right. I'm Arnold Samsonega. And just what do you think you're going to do with that jawbone? I'm going to terminate you. I'm your worst nightmare, the Hebrew Terminator. Now, even as believers, we tend also to picture Samson as a kind of muscle man. But it's a misconception. It's a falsehood. See, there's nothing in the Bible whatsoever that says or indicates that Samson was a muscle man. In fact, there's nothing to indicate that he was even athletic or physically fit. Chances are he was not incredibly strong in the natural. Otherwise, when his hair was cut, he would have still had enough strength to fight off the Philistines. The point is, it was all the Lord. His strength was supernatural. Samson forgot that and forgetting that, the strength vanished and there was nothing left. So we also have to remember that too often in the Lord, he blesses our life. He lifts you up out of the pit. He gives you strength to prosper. And then you forget who it is who made it possible. You think you're the muscle man. You did it, but you're not. Without him, we can do nothing of any lasting value. But with him, we can do all things. So remember, my friend, Samson was not Victor Mature or Arnold Schwarzenegger, but just an ordinary man. Without the Lord, even the strong become weak. But with the Lord, even the weak become as strong as Samson. Want more? Ask for the Samson factor. Now, feeling kind of weak, like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost? We've got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphire's warning uses directed. Sapphire's can revolutionize your walk for strength and victory. And the incredible, the mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it. It's all free. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries, to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave radio, to every tribe and tongue, and to Israel, the Jewish people, those who gave you the gospel. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. 
The Nice Jewish Boy at Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Haderach, the way. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I would like to open up this segment thanking the many of you that support this ministry financially to keep it on the air. Without you, Truth to Ponder would not be, and our new Truth to Ponder network on satellite would not be there. If you're looking for an alternative Christian music station, you can find one online now, right from our website, truth2ponder.com. Truth, the number two, ponder.com. There's a little button that will open up a small radio player, and you can hear a variety of Christian music. And this program airs several times per day as well. We're giving this a try as trying to find a way to connect with people. It's the same exact feed as you can hear on satellite. It's available now to you as well online. And you can find it at truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth, the number two, ponder.com. I've been thinking in the last several weeks of the things we need to do to strengthen and keep us together in these very changing times. And, and I want to get more into some of the theology behind what's going on in our world. I can tell you this much. Just remember these two words you find in the Bible. Fear not. Fear not. I find it very troubling when Christians are living in fear over the age in which we live. I don't know. I don't think anybody truly can be definitive. Are these the final days? Is this the great tribulation? Is this the beginning of whatever? Look over history and you will find there have been many difficult times in our world in the past 2000 years. Look at the 20th century, look at the 19th century. Look over the many centuries since Christ walked on this earth and how much difficulty we have gone through. I'll say this much, and I think we, we forget this. If you look at the epistles of St. John, you find the words, the spirit of Antichrist is already here. It's not something that is so distant in the future, a one-time event of an Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is already here. That spirit of Antichrist has led leaders like Stalin's and Hitler's and others to do what they have done to other people and this world. There are demonic spirits out there in the world today. Now, I'm going to Totally changed direction here just for a moment. I had a, a telephone conversation earlier this week with a good friend who remembered a program I did not that many weeks ago talking about, you know, we're, we're teeing up the next crisis, you know, UFOs. 
and and understand we're only about what less than two weeks away we're supposed to be reading or hearing something about unidentified flying objects they have other names for it now and and it makes you wonder what are we being teed up to to understand and this individual said and i'm going to i'm going to spend some time looking into this look at the book of ezekiel and see what what comes to mind when you look at the book of ezekiel and what is happening today and so I, I'm going to try to find some guests to talk a little bit more about this and do some research because I don't want you to be surprised. Let's be honest. I started the program today talking about honesty, integrity, justice, truth, all of these things, journalism, all being in short supply, all being compromised. And people wonder, well, well, why, why, Bob, are you so distrusting of so many of our government agencies? Because they have been less trustworthy. Just look at the pandemic, for example. Look at how many times the, the head of the, the, the great guru of the pandemic, Dr. Fauci, how many times did he knowingly lie to you? How many times did he knowingly lie to the media? And how often did state governments, federal agencies believe every lie that he said. Now, I'm sure there are some agencies in the government that knew full well it was a lie, but for whatever political reason of expediency, we could never say anything bad about China. We could never stop travel from China, even though many people understood and knew this virus came not from some stupid wet market in Wuhan. It came from a level four, well, virology lab in Wuhan. Why did, why did Dr. Anthony Fauci, shortly after Donald Trump took office, make the statement that, that before his presidency was over, before his first term was over, that Donald Trump would face a, a pandemic crisis. What did he know back in 2017, over four years ago? What did he know? And when did he know it? And what has he still not told everybody? A lot has come out, but I'm sure there's a lot more that we do not know. I don't think that Dr. Anthony Fauci ever had a clue in 2017 or 2019, that somebody would get a hold of all of his email, you know, emails he sent. I have actually met, you think they're smarter, but I've actually met a lot of people in government, both at the local level and at the state level and some at the federal level, that are bureaucrats. They don't think that much in terms of what the public could find out. And they get careless. They think that their emails are going to be private. I don't think that Dr. Fauci ever envisioned back in February of last year in 2000, you know, 2020, I don't think he ever envisioned anybody seeing some of the emails he was sending his friends and colleagues and associates. Oh, don't waste your time in a face mask. We've known for decades they don't work. And then that changed. And if you ever said anything against, you know, the face diaper, you you were told that you're you're just an evil, 
and, and terrible person that wants to infect and kill grandma. That's pretty much what you were told. And all this fear was tossed out. And, and I, I still see people today down here in Florida, even in a small town in Florida, you'll see people still driving in a car by themselves wearing one or two face masks. They have been so filled with fear and dying, they can no longer even begin to live. They stop living. They now just exist in a fear of dying and waiting for the government to save them. There are a lot of news stories. I, I get up in the morning and I do a lot of reading to prepare for this program. And I've got a number of sources that I go to on a regular basis. Some I got, I'll admit, I have to be careful with because sometimes they can be a wee bit over the top. And some of what they tell in their stories is hard to verify or even hard to find a grain of truth. So I've got to be careful. They oftentimes, though, are ahead of the curve on many issues. But fear has been a commodity that has been traded by the media, and they're experts at selling fear. They have been for years. The media loves to sell fear. It's great for ratings. It, it keeps you dependent upon them to survive and give them credibility. But the fear now is becoming dangerous to our health, our well-being in and of itself. There are people now, and, and I, I'm, we'll talk about the vaccine stuff. Maybe, I'm not sure, I'm not going to have time today. But the, the, these people that thoroughly believe that the vaccine will save them, it won't. But those that believe it will, they're still wearing face masks. They're, they're afraid to take them off now. They've gotten so used to wearing them, they, they feel like if I, if I take it off, I, I might get something. Yet years of studies proved they were worthless. And then we were told that they, they worked, and there was no real study to prove it, but we were told on a dime in April of last year, magically now, it's a magic mask. They, the magic mask will stop spreading COVID-19. And the sooner we all wear a mask, the sooner we get back to normal. We had a little taste of normalcy last summer, and by October, it was all over. You know, it was kind of funny. Thought just crossed my mind. Since the pandemic, normal, I haven't traveled by air a lot in the last, oh, six, seven years. Just haven't no, had no reason to do it. But during the pandemic of all times, I had to fly three times. Three times. And it was, it was almost laughable what they do at the airports these days with COVID-19 and stopping the spread. All this silly stuff that doesn't do anything except give optics and an appearance and false hope. The dumbest thing I ever saw, I'm at a, we're being social distance waiting to get onto our airplane and we have to wear our face covering, of course, the entire time. And then they are getting really, really belligerent about you must stand six feet apart in line to get on this aeroplane. 
or jet. And in one case, I was getting on such a small jet that you actually walked outside on the tarmac. It wasn't one of those gateways that pull out to the airplane because, now this little jet was too small. And you have people outside wearing a face mask and a face shield and their rubber gloves, and they got these little lighted wands and everything saying, keep six feet apart. We can't spread the coronavirus. Keep six feet apart. Make sure your face mask is covering your nose. You know, it's like we're outside on a tarmac, and if we don't stay six feet apart, we're going to all infect each other and probably die before we land of the coronavirus. And so what do they do? One by one, they let us go up the little staircase, six feet apart. And then we get on the airplane, and there's, there's, there's the stewardess, or steward, whatever they call them today, flight attendant. Sorry, I mean, we can't be gender-specific anymore. Person could identify as anything, so they tell me. And they hand you their little pack of, you know, hand sanitizer. And so I get on this aircraft, which they have retrofitted multiple times to jam more seats into it than I think they were intended to use. And here I am shoved up against a window in a seat that barely fits in my six foot two, 225 pound frame. And I'm sitting next to another guy that's about six foot three. And our shoulders are just locked together for the, for the duration. And somehow inside the airplane, the six foot distance rule doesn't apply. We don't need to, to worry about being six feet apart because we have our magic face diaper on our face. Yet then we're able to get something to drink on this airplane and we have our face mask down and, you know, we're looking at each other and talking and we're on an airplane in this one case for an hour and 40 minutes in this small little aircraft. Yeah, it was a United uh, commuter jet. If I was going to get COVID-19 from somebody, it was going to be right on that airplane. No face mask when you're eating and drinking. Shoulder to shoulder, our faces are about uh, maybe 15 inches apart. Maximum. But we did all this stuff because somebody, some bureaucrat, read something or heard something and decided this is what we're going to do to make everybody in the country feel safe again. The government is doing something. We're, we're mandating you wear a face mask. Face mask can also be used as a shaming device to break down your will. And from April of last year on until recent times, we've been told to wear a face covering. Now, I wasn't going to get into this, but I need to. A couple of things have occurred, and your mainstream news media will never comprehend this, never report it, never share it, but it's so easy to find. This is not some hidden secret. It's right out there. It's hiding in plain sight. We had a pandemic of infections, I'll say that much. For a long time, you know, the inventor of the PCR test, 
the polychain reaction test that looks for viral scraps and fragments and then multiplies and doubles it and doubles it and doubles it again and then doubles it some more. And you keep doubling it as recommended about 28 times. And then you can find enough fragment that's been created to get a reaction. He had even said that when you get to doubling, these are called cycle thresholds of more than 28 or 30 or 30-something, the test becomes garbage. It becomes meaningless. It picks up things that are not what you're looking for, but they, they come out testing as they are. And that's where we invented the term asymptomatic spread based on false positive test. And so the pandemic, we were, we were seeing thresholds of 35, 38, in some cases, even 40. That may not sound like much from, you know, 28 or 32 to 40, but each time is a doubling. If you take one penny and double it for a week, what do you come up with, like a dollar? At the end of two weeks, you're at about 10 or $20. And, but, you know, by the time you get to 30 cycles or 30 doublings, you're at a million dollars from one penny being doubled every day for 30 days. You have a million plus dollars. That's what a PCR test is. So it, you add a few doublings and a million becomes two million, becomes four million, becomes 16 million or whatever. It, it, it just incredibly rises in a very you know, geometric progression. After, ironically of all things, this can't be, it's just got to be a coincidence, of course. On January the 20th, new recommendations came out to lower the, the CT or the doubling down to like 28. And magically, shortly after Joe Biden took office and the last people they could claim died of COVID died, all of a sudden the case numbers keep coming down, down, down. And then they would lower the threshold again and then require, you ready for this? Now, in order to have a legitimate case, technically you're supposed to have a positive PCR test at like a 28 threshold and some symptoms. No symptoms, uh, then they don't even count it anymore. So the case numbers drop like a rock for the most part in most places. Do you think politics might have had something to do with that? Here in Florida, I go into places that just not that many months before, you had to wear a face covering or the face police came chasing after you, uh, screaming, you're going to kill everybody if you don't throw on your face diaper. These people were crazy. And now I go into restaurants, I go into grocery stores, Hardware stores in Okeechobee, Florida, where I'm spending a little time. Went to a restaurant this morning. Not one staff member, not one patron wearing a face mask. And we have like virtually no infections going on around us. 
They're trying to build up the idea, oh, the vaccine did it, and, and anytime somebody gets it, it must be a breakthrough case. And of course, now to get a breakthrough case, you have to have a positive test and symptoms. They don't want to count it like they did back in December of last year, where you'd have thousands of these mysterious fake cases. I started the program today with the idea that we have lost justice, journalism, honesty, and integrity, and so much more. I'll continue this a little bit on tomorrow's program, but I also tomorrow want to offer some hope in the middle of all of this fear-mongering. And I hope you be with me. If you haven't gone to our website and you have access to the internet, would you consider doing it? It is truth2ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. You can fill out a little form or send me an email directly. Your choice. It all comes to me anyway. There's no secretaries. There is no staff at Truth, Truth to Ponder. I am the the researcher, the guy that's behind the microphone. I produce it, edit it, distribute it. And I could certainly use some help in maintaining the website. I have some people that have shown an interest, but I really need people to give me some help, if you can, in in maintaining all of this. There's so much. And I really believe there's so much more that needs to be done. The day's going to come when the tech tyrants may kick me off being uh, on a on a podcast platform. So I need to have alternative plans in place. The satellite is a great idea, I think. Your input on that would be much appreciated. If you have access, you can find it. We'll put more information up on the website, hopefully this weekend or first part of next week. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. I'd like to see this program grow. I would like to cover more than just the topics we have been covering. Frankly, I'm tired of talking about COVID-19. Frankly, I'm tired of talking about vaccines that are not vaccines and how they're going to prop them up to make them look like they work. When in fact, they probably really don't in many cases. After all, there's no guarantee that a, this vaccine or whatever they, whatever it is will stop the spread or you getting COVID-19. It is happening and they try to call them breakthrough cases and now they're making it more difficult to call them real cases. We need to get honest about this. We need to take back our country. We need to clean house in our leadership. If you believe in what we're doing, we can, would you consider giving us a little help Mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. And if you make out a check, make it out to Ancient Word Radio. Till tomorrow. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.